Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I grew up in the 1980s. (laughs) Yes, that long ago. (laughs) And it was a time that many today cannot relate to very easily. It was a time where two worlds were really colliding. There was the U.S. that had renewed its commitment to capitalism and freedoms under Ronald Reagan. And there was the USSR that represented the opposite of that in communism, of course. These two countries and and really ideologies were not only at odds with each other, but on a collision course in order to be the prominent influencer in the world. It all began at the end of World War II and finally ended with the collapse of the USSR at the end of 1991. Now, Mikhail Gorbachev was the last leader of the Soviet Union, but who was he and, and, and why did it all fall apart? Well, from the Daily Wire, Zach Jewell Uh, says that the former leader of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, has died, and he was 91. His death was reported by Ria Novosti, which is a Russian state media outlet, and the outlet cited the Central Clinical Hospital. (laughs) Gorbachev was a transformational world leader of the 20th century who attempted to move his nation out of Soviet-era communism and into a modern democracy. He received a Nobel Peace Prize for his role in changing the nature of East-West relations and helping bring a peaceful end to the decades-long Cold War. Now, Gorbachev was also a controversial character within his own country and throughout the world, really. Some Russians viewed him as weak and irresponsible for placing his country in an unsustainable position as the Soviet Union dissolved. Other critics in the West point out that Gorbachev didn't go far enough to root out communism and improve the the Soviet economy. And as his reforms failed to address, you know, advancing private property rights or limiting the, the government's monopoly on production. Yet, Friends and opponents agree that the Soviet leader was known for his strong diplomacy and admirable personality. Uh, he, he found ways of, of pushing his country forward, free thinking, and, and presenting the USSR as the world power that could successfully navigate with the, uh, and negotiate with the West. His role in claiming Soviet-American uh, tensions Uh, temporarily helped end the decades-long Cold War. But Gorbachev was born to parents Sergei and Maria Gorbachev in the village of um, (laughs) Provolone. I think that's how you call that. I don't speak Russian, but he was uh, born there on March 2nd of 1931. Now, they they named him Victor, but his grandfather christened him as Mikhail after his birth in a secret baptism, insisted upon by his mother and grandmother, despite Stalin's brazen uh, opposition to religion in the Soviet Union. The Gorbachev family was poor for much of 
Mikhail's uh, childhood. Both of his grandfathers survived the Gulag, and he and most of his family survived Joseph Stalin's Soviet famine in 1932 and 33 that killed at least 5 million people and was infamously covered up by Western journalists. Despite his family's bleak standing in the Soviet social structure, Gorbachev looked back fondly on his childhood. Quote, we were poor, practically beggars, he recalled, but in general, I felt wonderful. And that's a quote from him. Less than 10 years later, when Nazi Germany invaded the Soviet Union, his father was drafted into the army and given charge of a, a command uh, and a combat engineering squad, seeing action in many battles. Mikhail and his family received a letter in 1944 stating that his father had been killed in action. Quote, the family wept for three days, Gorbachev said, but the mourning would soon end when they received a letter from his father <laughs> stating that he was alive. So that, was, that would have been a torture to go through, I'm sure. Now, after the war, Mikhail wasn't sure if he wanted to continue his studies. But his family was so determined to get him into school that his father was willing to sell everything that they had. His grandfather even gave him the coat off his back to ensure Miguel um, would, would stay warm when he left home. Quote, you've got to study, Mishka, they called him. Uh, his grandfather would say that that's what it takes to become a real person. Study well. School wasn't easy for him at first, but soon he excelled and he read everything he, he could, he, that he could and, and became passionate about acting, believe it or not. Through his rhetorical skills, desire to, to learn, and ability to earn respect, it became evident that those around him, uh, to those around him, that he was a natural leader. And he could go on to study law at Moscow State University, where he met his wife, Reza. Quote, the Moscow University gave me functional knowledge of an intellectual potential that determined my career, he recollected. Quote, it was here that the long process of reassessing my country's history, its present and its future, began and continue over so many years. The natural leadership of Gorbachev was given a chance to blossom quickly after he graduated from Moscow State. In 1956, he was elected as the first secretary of the Stavropol City Cosmosol Committee. <laughs> By 1970, he was the first secretary of the Stavropol Territory Communist Party Committee, an important role focused on developing agricultural uh, facilities and farms in the region. Gorbachev was only 39 when he took this position, significantly younger than other party leaders in the region. And it was during this time that he met KGB police chief Yuri Andropov, the man who would eventually lead the Soviet Union following the death of Leonid Brezhnev in 1982. Now, Gorbachev and Andropov grew close, or at least as close as two communist leaders jockeying for a position could. The, the two would sometimes stay up late talking, quote, like me, Andropov 
didn't like the long, noisy, drunken dinners, he would remember. Uh, Gorbachev spent seven years as the uh, Stanropol leader, and, and during which time he implemented a plan for the region's long-term development. His leadership didn't go unnoticed. And on November 27th of 1978, Gorbachev was elected Central Committee Secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. He and his family moved to Moscow a week later. After proving himself a capable leader through his oversight of an entire country's agriculture, and, and there's some that would dispute that, but Gorbachev became a member of the Soviet Communist uh, Supreme Governing Body, the CPSU, CC, Politburo. This new position and status gave both Gorbachev and his wife, Reza, opportunities to travel and socialize with some of the world's most powerful people. He, he dined with Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, of course, the father of Justin Trudeau, uh, who's currently the Prime Minister, and spent time with the British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher uh, at, at her country retreat. Now, Gorbachev and, and Thatcher struck up a unique friendship, according to the interpreters in the room during one of, of their meals. Gorbachev and Thatcher, quote, talked through the whole lunch. <laughs> Neither of them ate very much because they were so busy, unquote. <laughs> Neither le leader appeared to be a particularly good listener, <laughs> but they certainly loved talking. And Gorbachev and Thatcher reportedly went back and forth arguing uh, for the superiority of their economic and political systems. Now, Thatcher later said their debate was, and, and quote, has continued ever since and is taken up whenever we meet. I never tire of it. And after the visit, Thatcher couldn't sound more positive about a new relationship with the, the Soviet leader. Uh, she would say, I like Mr. Gorbachev, uh, and she said famously, uh, we can do business together. A little did the world know how important Gorbachev's business with the West would become. And on March 10th, 1985, Gorbachev received word that General Secretary uh, Konstantin Chernenko had died. And, and that the, so, uh, the USSR needed a new leader, of course. Uh, the C CPSU higher-ups met immediately to arrange a funeral uh, for uh, Chernyko and, and, and to discuss who should take control of the party. And in effect, of course, the country. The meeting uh, yielded no results until the next morning when Gorbachev received a call from the CPSU leaders pledging their support for him to take over. There was no resistance to his appointment. And he later said, quote, I would have withdrawn my candidacy had there been any resistance. As a leader, Gorbachev quickly got to work on his main priority of business. And that was glasnost and perestroika. Now, as a result, a result of, of communism's failings, the Soviet economy in the early 1980s was an utter disaster as, as productivity growth fell below zero, and Gorbachev knew something had to be radically changed. Every, everybody could see it. It, it. Something had to happen. And his idea was to repair the USSR's dire uh, situation, um, and, and it was focused on overcoming people's alienation from government and, and property, giving power to the people and taking it away from the 
in bureaucratic upper echelons, uh, implant, um, implanting democracy in little bits and establishing true social justice, so to speak. Well, he wrote in his autobiography about this, and according to uh, uh, Gorbachev, the Soviet system was fundamentally failing the, the Russian people. And, and to fix that failure, Perestroika would aim to, quote, penetrate the system to its very functions and change it, not merely refine it or perfect it. Well, Glasnost targeted reforming individual rights within the country, while Perestroika referred to the large-scale economic changes, such as uh, free market ideas and private property and things like that. It was precisely Glasnost that awakened people from their social slumber, uh, helped them overcome uh, indifference and, and passivity, and, and become aware of this, the, the stake that, that had you know, changed and, and of its important implications for their lives. Gorbachev explained, quote, in short, without Glasnost, there would have been no perestroika. And perestroika appeared to, to work at first as the more freedom allowed people to invest in, in and do business. But the economic collapse uh, in, in the late 1980s and early 1990s crushed Gorbachev's hopes for a changed economic system. Now, Gorbachev's progressive vision with Glasnost and perestroika would eventually help mend the USSR's relation with the rest of the world, especially America. Uh, Gorbachev became general secretary months after President Ronald Reagan be, uh, be, became um, president again. He, for his, he was elected for his second term. And at this point, the Cold War had been on a roller coaster ride for you know 30 plus years. But now the United States, led by you know their own visionary leader, of course, had 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 reason to believe that it could end soon. Reagan ran the 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 governed on strong diplomacy, being backed up by the the presence of a strong military. He, of course, he would say peace through strength as his famous motto, of course. But he often criticized the Soviet Union and its communist system, calling it the evil empire and and the focus of evil in the present world. Those are things that he he was would say often. And, and this foreign policy strategy and, and rhetoric came came up uh, or set up the U.S. for a collision course with the USSR, unless both Reagan and Gorbachev could find a way to you know dip, diplomatically ha have a solution. But like Thatcher, Reagan found Gorbachev a friendly person and reasonable dip uh, diplomat. The two leaders first met on November 19th of 1985 in Geneva, Geneva, Switzerland, to address the Cold War arms race and discuss reducing each other's uh, nuclear weapons. Now, these talks would span the next few years before Reagan's history-making speech in Berlin, Germany, on June 12th, 1987. That was a moving speech to America and, and the Western world and didn't affect Gorbachev the same way, though. He told people later that he was not impressed with Reagan's tear down this wall speech. He knew that Mr. Reagan, um, his, his original profession was an actor, and, and so he, he took it with a grain of salt. But, um, but impressed or not, Gorbachev respected the American president, even as he Com competed against him on the world stage. The two nations had been bitter enemies since the end of uh, of World War II, where, where, and they were now speaking fondly of each other. 
Quote, I'm sure you must have sensed by now during your stay here in this country that we and the people in Soviet society hold you in tremendous esteem, he told Reagan during a meeting in Moscow in 1990, actually. The respect was mutual, as Reagan often talked about his bond with uh, the Russian leader. Quote, I think, frankly, that President Gorbachev and I discovered a sort of bond, a friendship between us that we thought could become such a bond between all the people, the president, of course, told reporters in that same meeting. Now, following Reagan's death in 2004, Gorbachev reflected on their uh, on their unique relationship. Quote, I take the death of Ronald Reagan very hard. Gorbachev reflected uh, that that he was, quote, was a man whom fate set by me in perhaps the most difficult years at the end of the 20th century, unquote. In, in terms of human qualities, he and I had, you would say, communicativeness. <laughs> and this helped us carry on normally, Gorbachev said. But when you talk about friendly relations in politics, it's not the friendship of schoolmates. That's, that's a quote directly from Gorbachev. Now, in 1991, after seven years as CPSU General Secretary, Gorbachev's political opponents and those still loyal to the original ideas of the Soviet Union became really, really nervous. Gorbachev was inching them closer to westernized democracy and a free market ideas uh, that directly opposed the Vladimir Lenin's communist revolution and, of course, also Joseph Stalin's dictatorship. At the same time, he never fully embraced capitalism. Instead, he offered a different solution to fix the USSR's stagnant economy and called for socialism with a human face, a solution that did not remove all the communist restrictions on business and property. Ultimately, his desire to overcome people's alienation from the government and property never came to fruition, and Glasnost and Perestroika were left unfinished. Gorbachev never accomplished an economic turnaround, and was unable to fend off his political opponents. On August 18th, Soviet loyalists uh, attempted a coup against him. His power and, and progressive leadership were in jeopardy. Months later, on Christmas Day, 1991, Gorbachev officially stepped down as the nation's general secretary. Soon, the USSR would become the Russian Federation and recognize Boris Yeltsin as president. The progressive vision and an idealist optimism of Gorbachev was killed by the reality of Russia's communism. The, the I, ideology had promised hope with Lenin and Stalin, but eventually destroyed the nation's economy and military prowess, leading to the USSR's collapse in 1991. Even Gorbachev, progressive leadership, was unable to stop that. And although it was a quick end to a de developed political career, Gorbachev would remain active, actually, in politics and culture. In, in 1993, he established Green Cross International, an organization dedicated to educating the world on economic uh, and environmental problems, such as those caused by the decades-long Cold War. And in 1999, he helped uh, form the Nobel Laureate's Summit, an, an annual gathering of world leaders to discuss solutions to problems such as wars and poverty. 
He has received uh, dozens of awards, one in which included the Nobel Peace Prize awarded to Gorbachev in 1990 for his work in bringing a peaceful end to the Cold War. And he remained hopeful of the work he accomplished as the Soviet leader. Uh, History will ultimately make the right judgment, he said in 19 or actually in 2017 in an interview then. He said, quote, I firmly believe that my work and my efforts were not in vain. I will continue to further the cause to which I have committed myself until the very end. Mikhail Gorbachev uh, was preceded in death by his wife of 46 years, Reza Gorbachev, and, and he is survived by his daughter, uh, Irina, you know, and, and with grandchildren and, and great-grandchildren. Now, that's a little bit of, of who he was. But from the Washington Post, I, I think this even more accurately depicts what happened during his his time as leader. Mikhail Gorbachev failed at everything that he tried as as the Soviet Union's last leader. The, the, the state he led could only change the world for the better by failing, and it did. But alas, not for long. Gorbachev's entire record atop the Soviet hierarchy was... That of the flailing, clueless, um, always one step behind the times type type guy. He started out as Communist Party leader in 1985, as we said, with the campaign of, of eradicating drunkenness, actually, which created endless lines for vodka <laughs> and ruined winemaking in Moldova uh, for, for decades uh, to come because the vines were actually mowed down. Uh, Russians only drank more and more as the Soviet economy collapsed. And Gorbachev launched an economic um, acceleration drive that sank like a lead balloon because it stopped well short of embracing capitalism. He, he thought he was bringing communism closer to the people rather than dismantling it. In a, in a memoir, Gorbachev quoted his own notes from 1985. He said, quote, the current propaganda of Marxism is boring. Uh, young people are losing interest. If we want new policies to gain support, we need to restore faith in socialist ideals. You see, shortages were atrocious. Many, even in Moscow, the, the capital, went over went, went over a year without toilet paper. While in places like Siberia, they would only have you know smeary newsprint for hygiene. Store shelves were empty uh, of, of everything but these little three-liter jars of sweetened birch sap. Nothing worked. Uh, amid the economic uh, mismanagement, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant blew up in 1986, and Gorbachev, the originator of Glasnost, that is, um, you know, of course, that was his policy of openness and this type of thing, waited 18 days to address the situation and allowing hundreds of thousands of people to be exposed to the fallout. Gorbachev permitted more media freedom. And as a result, the whole country was soon reading and hearing on TV about, you know, previous crimes of a regime that refused to prosecute the perpetrators, many of whom were still alive as honored retirees. Gorbachev was soon unpopular with the hardline communists and with those that wanted freedoms. He, he became so unpopular that when he tried to run for president of Russia in 1996, in an election that was, you know, free but not exactly fair, and that re- uh, and that returned 
Yeltsin to the Kremlin for the second term, he only won a half a percent of the votes. Now, Gorbachev won praise in the West as a highly um, highly pliable negotiator on, on international affairs, and he will be forever remembered as the man who who played the biggest role in making German uni- reunification possible. His quote was here, quote, Dangerous lurk, dangers lurk for those who do not respond to life's demands, unquote. And that actually graces the subway station next to Berlin's uh, Brandenburg Gate. But the, he failed to secure anything for the Soviet Union besides some economic aid. And the, the dying Colossus burn, burned through those funds in a matter of months, of course. And that, that's contributed to the na- nationalist resentment at the, at the heart of Russia's current imperialistic resurgence. Now, he was so bad at leading an evil empire because he was too obviously human. He was, he was carelessly emotional, uh, incapable of keeping a poker, poker face, let's say. And, and amazingly for a career party you know, functionary, he was blind to intrigue. Breaking with a long tradition, he didn't hide his love or his admiration for his wife, Riza, uh, and, and later his grief for her death. I mean, Darth Vader wore armor, but not Gorbachev. Most contemporary leaders like Putin and, and the like, uh, they lack this natural humanity. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a hindrance to political efficiency, of course. But, per, but perhaps it's, it's why Gorbachev's attempt to hold together the, the USSR failed, really. I mean, I believe that Gorbachev's biggest failure was thinking that communism and socialism could hold a candle to a free market capitalistic society. It was obvious to him that something had to change. I mean, it was obvious to everyone that something had to change. It was collapsing right before their eyes. It was imploding on them. The problem came in that he mistakenly thought that he could reform communism. I mean, it's like thinking that instead of cutting out cancer from somebody's body, a doctor thinks that he can change the cancer a little bit and make it okay. Communism was the problem. Changing it to be a little more like capitalism would never work. Now, unfortunately, many will have missed this lesson today. They think that that socialism and its sibling communism is the answer. They say that it's it's just it's just never been done right. When you when you say, okay, point out to me in history, where this type of ideology, this type of economic system, this type of political ideology, where in the world has it been tried? And where, where can you give me an example, even one example of where this has worked? And they'll say, well, no, I can't really give that to you. And you can say, well, how about Venezuela? No. How about, how about, how about Cuba? No. Uh, you, you, can, you can go through all the different ones and say, where has it worked? And of course, they can't, they can't give you an example. All they can say is, well, it's just never been done right. But history has proven that, that this is just silly thinking. I mean, these types of regi- regimes only bring a, a lack of freedoms 
They only bring hardships. They only bring poverty and, and even death. I pray that we might learn from Mikhail Gorbachev and his, his failings and, 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 and steer hard into what has proven to be the most prosperous system in the history of the world. One that in its short time of existence has elevated more out of poverty than any other and given freedoms like none other. We're talking about this type of system that we have in the, in the system of capitalism, in this, this system where we elect our leaders and we can vote, we can vote them in, we can vote them out. This type of system that we have, this, this free market, capital, capitalistic system that gives freedoms to people is the type of thing that has proven to be the answer, it is proven to be the winning thing over and over and over again. And this type of system that we see here that, that Gorbachev tried to kind of change a little bit, that's the type of system that only brings death. And now you may, you may agree with me, you may disagree with me, and I would love, absolutely love, to hear from you on this one. Because I think these lessons, these lessons from Miguel Gorbachev need to be heard. I think they need to be taught. And, and again, you may disagree with that, but if it, 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 let's start that conversation and let's start that conversation at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.